0: The parish likes to, to look at kind of the bigger picture
1: A priest is an altar priest too.
0: They just go, go, go
2: In the zeal for love of Jesus Christ There is compassion for poor people
3: And it has this beautiful
2: historic church Heaven coming down to earth Thanks be to God From the Rome of the West, this is the Catholic Gateway Podcast Your audio gateway into the Archdiocese of St. Louis On each episode of the Catholic Gateway Podcast, we'll tell the stories about the interesting people, places, and events that make up the Archdiocese of St. Louis. We'll also give an update on Catholic news, courtesy of the reporters from the St. Louis Review and Catholic St. Louis Magazine, the official publications of the Archdiocese of St. Louis. So with trust in the Holy Spirit, let's begin. Welcome to a special episode of the Catholic Gateway Podcast. My name is Gabe Jones. Well, as I'm recording this in St. Louis, the 2017 March for Life in our nation's capital ended just a few hours ago. The biggest news this year was the appearance of Vice President Mike Pence, the highest ranking official and first vice president to speak at the March for Life in its 44-year history. Several hundred thousand people are estimated to have participated in the march including 2,100 teenagers, youth ministers, chaperones, and volunteers from the Archdiocese of St. Louis who made the 18-hour trek to Washington, D.C. as part of the Generation Life Pilgrimage coordinated by the Office of Youth Ministry of the Archdiocese of St. Louis. Now, it's called a pilgrimage, and that's intentional. Not only is the long bus ride wrought with discomfort and inconvenience, the purpose and destination make it more than just a long road trip. In the evening of Wednesday, January 25th, the 2100 Generation Life Pilgrims departed from six different locations around the St. Louis area on 38 buses. I spent the evening at Assumption Catholic Church in South St. Louis County, which was one of the launch sites, to hear from some of these pilgrims as they prepared for the trip. Mary Ann and Cameron are seniors at Jesu. Mary was preparing for her second march for life, while Cameron was going for the fourth time. They shared with me what they were looking forward to.
4: Um, I think just being on the march and seeing all the people around you, and being with the community, and seeing like how much of a huge like impact that you can re- truly make with just like a small action. I like seeing how many people really care about this cause, and how many people. Take the time to go out of their way and fight for what they believe in.
2: What sort of advice would you have for the bus trip?
4: Uh, spend time talking to the people around you and really make the. You can make the trip fun. It's not just eighteen hours on a bus. You have you, there's a lot of things you can talk to. A lot of people you can talk to. A lot of things you can do. Just make the best out of the situation. Yeah, don't be afraid to go out of your comfort zone to meet new people and talk to new people.
2: I caught Mary Ann and Cameron as they were standing watch over some provisions they were packing along.
4: We got some muffins, some pop tarts, some clementines, hopefully enough for every day.
2: Well, because you're going to be on the bus for what, 30 plus hours, right? Both both directions? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Here's Thomas Horner, a junior at St. Mary's High School who went to D.C. last year but didn't actually get to the march for life.
1: So I was on my phone with my friend who was going with her parish, and she was just like, oh, why don't you just come along with me? And so I, I drove up to North County, and then we left on the march, and but because of the winter weather, we had to we had to leave before the march had begun.
2: Thomas's experience in 2016 didn't dampen his spirits though, and going to DC actually makes it feel like a pilgrimage for him.
1: It just feels like such a significant place. So many big national decisions have happened here. So we're in that, that kind of sphere of thought going to a place, and we're going to the, the cathedral there, and we're going to have mass. And so we are going on a pilgrimage to a place that is significant to ask God to end abortion in this country.
2: I asked Thomas why he wanted to take a stand for the rights of the unborn, especially on an issue like this when men are often discounted, ignored, or just apathetic. It's definitely a thing now in
1: our modern era to take a kind of lukewarm stance on matters that really should be more important, such as this and Catholicism itself. But these are the very matters that we should be most passionate about, the most fiery about. Because if you think about what Catholicism is, then it is something that you should be passionate about. And if you think truly, if you are pro-life and you think about what that means and what you're against, then it should be exactly
2: what you were most passionate about. After the check-in at the launch site, but before boarding the buses, the teens participated in some programming and mass.
0: Jesus comes to us in the Holy Universe, body, blood, soul, and divinity, and he pours grace into us so that we can know the truth so that we have the strength to stand for the church. So we begin in
1: prayer.
2: Please stand. Father Thomas Keller, pastor at Assumption, gave an inspiring homily which reemphasized the idea that this really is a pilgrimage.
5: There's so many other things that are just not easy about this trip. I, and, I, and we have to go back to my first thing because you don't know what to expect. I don't know what's going to go wrong. Uh, my last assignment, I had a great big roulette wheel that I put all the terrible things that could happen, and I'd make the chaperones spin it, and uh, just, to, just to scare them. Uh, <laughs> you don't know what is gonna happen, and it's, it's generally not gonna be easy, but it's gonna be worth it. It's gonna be worth it. Not only because you'll just remember the good times, but because this makes such a tremendous difference in the lives of so many people and the lives of babies who will grow up that will never know to thank you for what you're doing. It may be hard for the nation to imagine a pro-life world. And certainly those folks who who are counter-protesting, those pro-abortion folks will scream at the top of their lungs They'll probably get a lot more airtime on TV than we will. Uh, but maybe little by little they'll come to conversion too. And that's what we're praying for. It's going to take a lot more than just to change a law or to change a Supreme Court ju- justice. We're going to have to change America. But you can do that because already it's changing with you today. So I just say. From this moment on, you don't know what's gonna happen. And it's not gonna be easy, but you're gonna be with some really dedicated people and it can change your life. But let's go change our nation. Let's go change our country. Let's work together with this grace that God has given us and just go save some lives. That's what you need to do. That's what we're gonna do. Let's go save some lives.
2: Perhaps no one summed up the point of the pilgrimage more succinctly than Brett Habrush. If his name sounds familiar, he was the young man who was given the chance to be a priest for a day with Archbishop Carlson a couple years ago. Dave Luking of the St. Louis Review had a very nice story on him. You can find that at stlouisreview.com. Why do you think we should keep doing this?
4: Uh, find a way to stop abortion, you
2: know. Brett's father, Conrad, was also making the trip for the first time with Brett. It's important to go, he says, because it's consistent with the ethic of life shared by his family.
6: It's not a vacation. It's not a party we're going to. It's it, there's um you know there's a larger purpose to it. It's just you know part of our not only our faith but our belief within our family that you know life is sacred from conception until natural death. It's you know. Part of what we teach our kids. It's why we send our kids to a Catholic school. It's why we go to mass every every um, week, and we want to be consistent with that and reinforce that message. And um, and you know, um, and I, I want to be part of that. My two oldest are going, so I, I want to watch them and um, you know witness um, uh, this experience and watch them as they enjoy themselves and
2: um, and promote a culture of life. Beth Ortworth part of the St. Catherine Laboree Youth Group, was going on the Generation Life pilgrimage for the first time.
4: I'm looking forward to just being part of the whole change in our country and making us more pro-life.
2: What would Beth say to anyone not sure where they stood on the issue of abortion?
4: I would just tell them that just to imagine imagine that you're the baby and what would you want? Would you want to live or would you want to die?
2: One of the things that stands out about the Generation Life Pilgrimage and the March for Life in general is the number of young people who attend. For Beth, it's a sign of hope.
4: It really, like, restores my faith in humanity because a lot of the time we see people and they're all so negative and pessimistic about the world and to see all these people who realize that abortion isn't isn't something that will solve all your problems and that you can choose life and give life to another person and bring new people into the world who will make more change. It's just really, it's really refreshing. Does
2: it give you hope for the future? It gives me a lot of hope for the future. I also caught up with Beth's youth minister, Billy Bomarito. So, Billy, I just uh, you know we heard from one of your teens. Your first time going. Yeah. You've been on this trip before. I have. Uh, how many times? I,
3: I couldn't say, but I've been going since I was a junior in high school.
2: So you've lost count. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's kind of like a badge of honor, though. Like, to lose oh, count. I've been, uh, you know, or, <laughs> yeah, or just as, like Father Keller said, his, his, you know, his homily, like, been 25 times. You know, like it's something we pro-lifers really take seriously. Yeah,
3: we're proud of it. I mean, and then is it, you know, uh, we were talking earlier about it being a pilgrimage, and it's you know, we take pride in that and in, in, um, the challenge that it is, and. Um, You know, all the good stuff is great, but, um, you know, it's hard work, and it's uncomfortable, and it's long. um, We're proud to do that. We're proud to make the pilgrimage.
2: From a youth minister's perspective, what is this? Can you put it into words what this is like?
3: I would say that it is so joy-filled. As much um, as, you know, I whine sometimes, and my teens whine sometimes, and it can be difficult. It is so... um, is so filled with joy uh, to be able to see young people standing up for what they believe in or, or maybe learning a little bit more about what the church believes in, even if they're not um, totally confident. Um, but but it's mostly joy. It's, I feel like you know Christ is alive in this event um, here at Assumption, and, and when we meet the rest of the 2,000 kids... Um, you know, life should be filled with joy and I feel like that is that is what we get here um, that's what we get when we go to DC and as a St. Louis community.
2: Now a trip of this scale does not happen on its own. Many, many staff members and volunteers are called upon to assist with all sorts of details in the earliest stages of planning the Generation Life pilgrimage to the final last minute details at each launch site. Here's Assumption's site coordinator Melissa Hunter. What's it it like being a site coordinator?
0: Uh, It's beautiful chaos. Uh, There's a lot of things that would work perfectly if they all happened in the order they're designed to happen. But you can't foresee things like buses showing up late or getting stuck at the entrance Um, yeah, and then, you know, you're moving a lot of teenagers in a short amount of time, so that's always fun. What was the
2: deal with the bus? So, it, it, it tried to pull in, it got stuck?
0: Yeah, it didn't have a good angle, I guess, and it was stuck, kind of a uh, yeah, blocking, blocking traffic for just a little bit, not too long. The other buses all came in a different entrance, but that one was already loaded up with kids and coming in a different way and did not find success.
2: Melissa is also a veteran of the March for Life. You've done this a few times, right? Yeah,
0: no, it's great. There's a lot of excitement. There's a lot of kids who really believe in, in the, the message of the pro-life movement, and so it's cool to be able to coordinate this for them, even even though it can be chaotic.
2: Of course, the Pilgrims have to actually get to Washington, D.C. And it's the bus drivers who get them there.
6: Hi, my name is Woody Boley. I've been a driver for Vandalia Bus Lines now since 2000. Okay. Been in the bus industry since 1986. My very first charter ever was to Washington, D.C. for the Right to Life March. Wow. Yeah. So you, you're you're an experienced veteran. You're a savvy veteran at this point. Yes, sir. Yes, <laughs> sir. Been doing this many years, uh, all accident and violation free. Pretty excited. And I uh, look forward to another good trip this year.
2: The weather cooperated this year. But getting to D.C. in January has not always been easy.
6: Uh, we have driven in several blizzards and different uh, winter weather. Uh, at this time of year, it's kind of normal. Uh, we've been uh, anything from stuck on the highway for eight to seven hours. Uh, I mean, uh, seven to maybe ten hours just sitting on the highway waiting for clearance. Uh, but uh, we got them there. A little slow, but we, we made it. And it's all worth it in the end, right? It's all worth it in the end. Absolutely.
2: For this 30-year March for Life veteran, it's not just another trip.
6: It's definitely an experience. You know, the, the bus ride, uh, the fellowship is good. Uh, it's, it's always uh, good to see uh, the youngsters uh, getting involved. And, uh, you know, at, uh, but D.C. is uh, an interesting city. It's very busy. It's, uh, if you've never been to D.C., just seeing that alone is, is uh, very nice. But uh, experience this type of an event and uh, with, with everybody going across the city and the country, it's going to be great.
2: The 2017 March for Life may be over. But until abortion is ended in this nation, pro-lifers around the country will continue to make the journey to speak for those who have no voice. The St. Louisans who made the trip this year for the first time, the 44th time, or some number in between, should take pride in being part of a monumental display in defense of life. For more about the Generation Life Pilgrimage, visit GenLifeSTL.com. For real-time updates, follow GenLife on social media. Search for Generation Life on Facebook and on Twitter and Instagram. Follow at GenLifeSTL or check out hashtag GenLifeSTL. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Catholic Gateway Podcast. We always welcome story tips and ideas for the podcast. Just send them to communications at archstl.org. That's communications at archstl.org. Make sure to connect with us on social media to stay up to date with what's going on here in the Archdiocese of St. Louis. You can find us on Facebook. Just search for Archdiocese of St. Louis. We're on Twitter, at ArchSTL is our handle there, at ArchSTL. And we're on Instagram, at CatholicSTL. And you should follow the St. Louis Review. They're on Facebook. Also Twitter and Instagram under the handle, at st louis review that's st lewis review the catholic gateway podcast is a production of the archdiocese of st louis i'm your host gabe jones we hope you'll join us again next time here in the gateway to the west the rome of the west catholic st louis The Catholic Gateway Podcast is now on iTunes and Google Play. Just search for Catholic Gateway Podcast or Archdiocese of St. Louis to find us. Please rate us, listen to us, share us with your friends.